0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, Dear faithful, today uh, we wish to continue the series of sermons on the the Mass. And last week, just to remind ourselves uh, about some ideas there, we uh, prepare ourselves, the priest prepares himself by wearing the proper vestments, and uh, by... uh, by her understanding that he is going to offer the sacrifice. And so the faithful, too, uh, are, when they are preparing themselves at home for Mass, then they would also uh, wear the proper attire, the proper clothing, uh, and that's why we have the, the dress standards there for the women and for the men. Uh, and uh, we avoid things like slacks and jeans for the ladies, uh, low necklines and black backless tops. Uh, closing of transparent material etc and also for the men uh, it would be something which is a fitting uh, for a serious occasion so uh, normally um, a suit and tie would be the the preference uh, but tight pants and athletic shorts and sleeveless shirts and clothing and transparent material etc and so we prepare ourselves just as the priest prepares himself We prepare ourselves for mass, and we arrive on time uh, in order to uh, prepare ourselves to go to Calvary. We arrive arrive, uh, in due time. So, and we did also mention that uh, if someone, on a day of obligation, was obliged to go to mass and be there from the beginning to the end, then the if they arrive late, uh, it's not only that they arrive late, but it's it's sinful as well. And depends on how late they arrive is how sinful it is. And the the cutoff point is the offertory. If you've commit a mortal sort of venial or mortal sin, so the cutoff point is the offertory, and that's when you've missed a significant part of the mass. And when we arrived at mass and we uh, we wish to approach approach the pews, uh, then we also need to prepare ourselves by turning off our phone. Good idea to turn the phone off. And uh, then uh, to, uh, to uh, enter the church uh, with, without mm, too much curiosity about who might be there and by saying, by looking around, uh, by gazing around and uh, by seeing who else might be there by some sort of curiosity. Uh, so as the priest is in fact required by the rubrics to have his eyes cast down for the entirety of the Mass in fact, He's only allowed. He's only. He's. He's instructed to raise his eyes either uh, slightly to the tabernacle, or he's uh, instructed to raise his eyes to the crucifix or to God. But other than that, he is to keep his eyes cast down, the whole mass. And so, with the faithful too, uh, in order to focus on the realities present, then the faithful also ought to keep that sort of visual recollection. They recollect their eyes uh, for uh, looking around and gazing around. They genuflect into the church, uh, genuflect on the right knee, uh, and nothing else is required apart from a simple genuflection on the right knee. Uh, If if you can genuflect, some people with back problems can't genuflect or knee problems, etc. But we do what we can, uh, and we do so in a uh, a very uh, normal manner. Uh, And so all that's required is a simple genuflection. And then we will take our place in our pews, and then we would normally, uh, at that point in time, kneel down, because that would be the normal attitude of prayer, and we would uh, then... Um, for recollect ourselves for going to Calvary. So, the priest is required then to enter the church. He's enter- he enters with his uh, with the uh, with the with the proper vestments and in a low mass certainly with the chalice, eyes cast down, focused, uh, and he comes to the prayers at the foot of the altar. Um, the Mass itself that we have as a low Mass is a, uh, an adaptation from the solemn high Mass. So uh, normally he would not carry the chalice with him because in a solemn high Mass that's not the case. But because he is now doing all of the functions of all of the other ministers, he takes with him the chalice. And so he comes to the, uh, comes to the altar. And uh, in those prayers that he says at the beginning of Mass... Those prayers have these uh, two, uh, two dominant themes. First of all, the adoration due to God and the holiness of God. And then, second of all, our own sinfulness. And we want to be purified of our sins by this sacrifice to approach God. That's the two themes that are, are very prominent in the beginning of Mass. Uh, so the first thing after the sign of the cross, obviously, I will go unto the altar of God that he expresses immediately what he's doing here. He's going unto the altar of God. And so uh, the faithful too, that's the reason why you have come to Mass, is to offer the sacrifice, to be present at the altar of God. And uh, um, Saint King David also adds that he will give joy to my youth. Uh, so sometimes the prayers uh, relate or refer to Christ, Sometimes they relate to the church, and sometimes they relate to sinful man. So uh, those prayers at the beginning of Psalm 42, sometimes they relate to Christ uh, when they talk about, uh, deliver me from uh, the unjust and deceitful man. And they also refer to the church when we talk about, our help is in the name of the Lord. And uh, they refer to uh, mankind when they say, why am I sad? Why is my soul troubled? So the, the various allusions to the various people that are being uh, mentioned here. Uh, so he goes to the altar of God and immediately after that there is the, uh, the formula of confession. In fact, it's the identical formula for the sacrament of confession uh, with the confitio. Uh, I confessed before Almighty God. I am a sinner. Not that he wants to make a public confession of his sins, But this is the time to remember that we have sinned, and this is the reason why we're offering the sacrifice, is because we're here for sin. No other reason. And that's why he will then renew that sorrow for sin, that contrition, and he will confess to the entire church, in fact, to the angels and the saints. And to hear, to the brethren here present, uh, and then that I've sinned in thought, word, and deed, etc. And uh, then the faithful will then, or the the servers in the presence, in the place of the faithful, will make their own confession. Uh, This is an important point because the priest is separate to the faithful. He's not just one of the faithful standing as a president of the assembly. He is a minister of God and he stands above and separate to the faithful. That's why there's a double confidio uh, at that point in time. He will then uh, re- uh, say the words of, uh, of a general absolution, uh, which in fact is capable of remitting venial sins, as we know. And then he will uh, have this great uh, desire to go to the altar, show us thy mercy and grant us to us thy salvation. Uh, and uh, then as he ascends the altar, and he ascends the altar, it's going up to the altar. The altar it should be on a raised step or a raised few steps because it's above the normal. It's above. He has now purified himself of his sins by this act of contrition. Now he is made less unworthy to approach. And he, as he approaches, he, uh, he again he uh, makes this allusion to take away from us our iniquities, uh, so that I might approach the holy of holies. And then he says, through Christ our Lord, first of all, take away my iniquities so that I might approach. And then he says, by the merits of the saints, at which time he actually kisses the altar stone where the, where the relics of the saints are placed. Because every altar stone needs to have relics in it—at least at least one martyr, at least one martyr, but normally two relics—and that's the point where he kisses. Uh, he asks for the intercession of the saints here, uh, when, and that's when he kisses that. And of all of the saints, that uh, that he might be forgiven his sins. So he asks for Christ's intercession, and he asks for the grace of the saints here and for all of the saints to approach the altar. He kisses the altar stone. The altar stone is uh, rather uh, an important point, an important part of the, uh, the mass, a part of the, uh, the parts of the parts of the altar. That's where a sacrifice is offered on, upon an altar. And then uh, he will kiss the altar and then he will start the prayers of the Mass. And Start the prayers of the Mass, uh, the introit is, uh, was in fact an old processional psalm uh, and then it's, oh, it's sung as a processional psalm in Solemn High Mass as well. Uh, it, uh, it used to be the psalm alone, by itself the psalm alone. St. Gregory added the antiphon and used to sing the entire psalm and then the antiphon. And uh, so, uh, in fact, St. Gregory brought it from the East. It was St. Ambrose who introduced the antiphonal, antiphonal style of singing. Um, and Gregory fixed it to what it is now. Uh, and sometimes there's a discrepancy between the Latin we find in our uh, normal prayers and the Latin of the, uh, the introit. It's because it was taken from a different source, it was taken from the old Itala version. Uh, which is slightly different uh, than the Vulgate Psalms. But it's the same text, essentially. Uh, then uh, we have the, uh, the... This is the first variable part of the Mass, the introit. Uh, in the Eastern Church, it's the same every Mass. There's no difference. It's the same, it's the same introit every Mass. Uh, and uh, the prayers which are indicated there uh, will normally have some sort of theme to them. We'll get to that next time. Then follow is the Kyrie. The Kyrie came from the east, so too the Gloria. The Gloria came from the east as well, but the Kyrie came from the east because it's a Greek word, Kyrie, Lord. Uh, And then when it came over to Rome, it came over to Rome, they added the Latin version, So And then uh, it was fixed to its uh, its ninefold structure, or or three by three by three structure, uh, about the ninth century. And then we have this great prayer, the Gloria. Normally, it was, the Kyrie was an early uh, litany, and after, normally after a litany of some sort, there's a hymn. So we find the remnants of the uh, litany with the Kyrie, then we find the hymn, uh, the Gloria, the great prayer, the Gloria. Most ancient of the prayers uh, goes back to the first century, uh, and it uh, begins with that uh, invocation by the angels, Gloria in excelsis Deo, and it came over to the West and uh, it, uh, first of all, tr- uh, has all of those sentiments that we br- bring to Mass. Uh, we praise Thee, we bless Thee, we adore Thee, we glorify Thee, we thank Thee. Um, and then he men- mentions uh, the Son, Angustei, the, the, uh, the Lamb of God. Uh, and finally, Cum uh, Sanctus Spiritu, with the Holy Ghost. So that first part of the Mass, uh, it prepares us by confessing our sins, entering to the altar of God, uh, invoking the saints through uh, the various means, and then the Gloria, which is the, uh, the praise and honour and glory of God uh, in this magnificent prayer. Next week we will speak about, uh, up to the, the offertory, uh, But hopefully uh, the better understanding that we have of Mass uh, will give us a deeper appreciation of why we come to Mass uh, and how we should behave in the midst of Mass. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost.